Hallelujah. Now, how many came to receive today? Amen. Hallelujah. Got some things stirring in my heart. Um, we're going to go to the book of Acts today uh, is where we're going to start. The book of Acts, chapter 20, please. And um, and I'm going to go to verse 24. Um, we're going to come back to this a little later, but I want to just maybe a key verse here. Verse 24 says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. Everybody say, you're going to finish with joy. I mean, we have a race to run, right? And even have a cross to bear. We found out some, some of that last week, amen. But uh, you, you, we're going to finish this thing with joy. So smile real big at your neighbor and say, we're going to get her. Praise God, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So that I may finish my race with joy and, not just your race, but and the ministry. Amen. Talking about something more corporate. And this would be probably somewhere, sometimes, at times, bearing your cross. You know, sometimes got to lay down self a little bit. And that's what it really means to bear your cross. Uh, to be willing to deny self at times. Amen. Now, running a race in itself uh, can be a challenge. But to also once in a while pick up that cross, amen, and bear it uh, can be a huge challenge. Come on, right? Because it, it's about denying yourself once in a while on behalf of another, amen. And sometimes that's not always easy. But we're called to do it. But we're called to do it with joy. So again, smile real big at your neighbor and say, with joy. With joy. Hallelujah, right? And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the, uh, to the gospel of the grace of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, we're going to come back to the book of Acts, but we're going to uh, put up uh, on the board Nehemiah 8.10, a verse I mentioned last week, because we're going to talk some more about joy and what it means to walk in joy. And uh, so uh, this, of course, in context, uh, we see Ezra, uh, which is the, the priest of uh, the time, and we have Nehemiah and uh, some of the Levites and stuff. They're all working. The, the wall has already been built has already been reconstructed and, and put up, and, and, uh, but now comes uh, not just the physical labor of what happened with uh, putting up the wall around the city. Uh, what we got also going now is now we're getting some things not only fixed on the edge of the town, we're getting things fixed inside. And so what's going on is they've been uh, uh, ministering uh, the Word of God to them, and uh, because maybe to some degree it had been kind of somewhat lost. There was the new challenge of stepping up and being the people of God that they're called to be and uh, not letting things deteriorate like it had in the past and uh, not let things get so chaotic and out of hand as it did in the past. And so when Nehemiah came, it wasn't just to repair the walls, but he also saw that on the inside that needed to be repaired. And basically, bottom line is, if we don't get your hearts right, these walls will be back looking the way they were before. So they took the Word of God, put the Word of God out there. They literally brought everybody to the center of the city, and, and they stood and, and began to read uh, the Word. And the Word said that what happened was they began to be convicted and, and in some ways maybe even, uh, you know, uh, seeing the 
the seriousness of it, the word says that even some sorrow came on them. Not that we want people full of sorrow, but that's why it says what it says here. Uh, Nehemiah 8.10, he said to them, go, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet. Ain't that good? You can actually eat the fat and drink the sweet. Well, okay, I'll, I'll leave that one alone. And send portions to those to whom nothing is prepared. But here it is. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. Amen. Hallelujah. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. And I just kind of wanted to give a little, uh, you know, show you what was all what was happening in context. And uh, so, you know, you think about here we are, a people of God called the live Amen. The things of God, walk in the things of God, run our race, bear our cross, all the things that the Word has to talk about and what we're called to do as believers. Amen. Amen. And, you know, it isn't always simple. Well, no, let me phrase it. It's not always easy. It's a simple thing, but it's not always easy. Amen. Because sometimes it is a challenge. Sometimes it's a challenge to walk in love when you're with people maybe that don't want to walk in love. Or to forgive when, when maybe they're not so forgivable. Uh, to be kind to someone that maybe, you know, you know in return probably won't be kind back to you. I don't know. Uh, to, you know, to give and to help others that maybe sometimes maybe abuse it. There's all kinds of things like this that, that challenge us. But in the midst of running our race, in the midst of bearing our cross at times, amen, we we got we to gotta do this thing right. We got to do it with joy because if you ain't got joy, you're probably not going to make it to the end. You're probably going to give up. You're probably going to quit. And that's why he's telling me, he says, don't sorrow. This Man, the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. Amen. So in other words, he's trying to say, listen, he's not asking you to do all this in your own strength. He's not asking you to do all this in your own power. We got to stir joy up. Amen. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the word's pretty clear that joy is, uh, is a fruit, a part of the fruit of the Spirit, says in Galatians 5. You know, the, uh, take, you know, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are, these are all part of the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And so joy being a piece of it. So the, the reason that's probably necessary to bring out is just the fact that joy is divine in origin. It's a God thing. Amen. Joy, the joy of the Lord. Amen. Everybody say joy. joy. Now, this Nehemiah 8.10, this word here, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, this word strength is uh, maus, okay, is the Hebrew word, and it just means a fortified place. It means literally like a fortress or a stronghold in a good sense, right? Your rock, a defense, or a force is how it's defined in the Hebrew. So these are just some of the synonyms of this word strength. So the joy of the Lord is like a force. It's like, uh, uh, it's like uh, you know, a, a stronghold, amen, that you can lean on, press into a fortress, a rock, a defense, praise God. Joy, hallelujah, is not only divine uh, in an origin, but also in strength, amen. Now, the, uh, the joy is there to arise, to help cause you overcome, to overcome. It is a powerful force to help you hold steady. 
It's there uh, regardless of what kind of pressure you're up against. It's also there to help drive back weariness, fatigue, all kinds of things. Now, that's just kind of real quick in a nutshell, threw some things there together. But the bottom line is joy is there for a purpose, not just so you have a smile. Now, we want you to smile. Look at your neighbor and said, you know. You know, we need to be smiling. Amen. And, uh, you know, joy is not just there just so you're happy, which there's nothing wrong with being happy. I think we should be happy. But happy can be elusive. It can be, you know, up and down a little bit because happy based on a happening. And if the happening isn't so happy, then we got no happy. Right? So, you know, you come home and you look at that person and you go, you're not happy. So it means something just happened or happened through the course of the day that stole their happy. Look at your neighbor and say, you still need to be happy. Not, I'm not, not making light of happy, but, but joy isn't really about happy. It's happy is more about an emotion, whereas joy is a force. Okay, it's a force that can be working on the inside of every believer because it's in there because you got the Holy Ghost. If you got the Holy Ghost, even Nancy talked about, you know, the love of God's in there because it's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Well, you've also got part of the other fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Joy is a part of that. So joy's in there. Now, it may not be activated like it should, but it's in there. Amen. We might have to kind of, you know, move a few things around, shuffle a few things around, but it's in there. Amen. So what we've been talking about last couple weeks here and uh, about this thing called joy, it's you got to, you know, you got to kind of stir it up a little bit. I said, you got to stir it up a little bit. Now it's in there. And if you stir it up, praise God, you can get the benefit of it. Now that's a good thing. Right. So with that said, let's uh, go to, uh, let's see, I, I put uh, Psalms 5, I think is what I put next. Psalms 5 is a reference we, we, we I think, finished on last week. We're just going to kind of bring it out again just briefly and then move on. But Psalms 5, are you doing good today? Yes. Praise the Lord. Psalms 5. In verse 11, and I probably will read verse 12 also, but it says, Let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Does anybody trust God? Yes. So then it means if you trust in the Lord, then it says we should, we should be re, uh, in a place of rejoicing, right? The word rejoicing means to, uh, to be merry, uh, cause to rejoice. And so it's, in other words, you've got, a, you've got a purpose to do it, even if the moment would seem like it doesn't call for it. See, rejoice isn't based on a happening. Rejoice is based on a choice. You have to cause it to happen. Amen. Somebody said, well, I got nothing to rejoice about. Well, you know, you got some things not worthy of rejoicing about. I get it. But you got a lot of things worthy of rejoicing. Well, you know, Sometimes, you know, it's easy to make the list of everything that's not going right. 
you got, you know, you, 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 you might take inventory of everything that ain't working right, and then you put that on your little list, and all it does is depress you more. Make you angry or upset or, or irritated or whatever kind of emotion begins to come out of that. But rejoicing is about, in a sense, as, you know, James says, you take account, you count it all joy. See, so you have to, in a sense, take an inventory you know, another inventory. Come on. And it, it doesn't take long because once you start doing an inventory of things that are right and good, it isn't long and it begins to shift something. And I'm telling you, it's a force. So if you just begin to, begin to just activate it, cause to rejoice, it begins to... This, this, this fortress, so to speak, begins to rise. This, this rock, this stronghold begins to rise, and all of a sudden life begins to shift and change. Your viewpoint does. Your attitude does. And that's just the beginning. Rejoice. See, if you trust in God, then rejoice. I said if you trust in God, then you should be rejoicing. If you're not rejoicing, there's a good chance you're not trusting. Anyway, that might be another sermon. Let them ever shout for joy. Shout for joy just means kind of just what it is. It means to cry aloud, to sing aloud, to cause, literally, uh, uh, to cause to shout again. It's a, it's a you know, your, your purpose to raise your voice. Shout for joy. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good. Woo! Hallelujah. Woo! God is awesome. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. Why are you talking so loud? Because it said to. Because sometimes maybe you got to shout through it. Praise God. Amen. Sometimes you just got to press on through with your vocal cords. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Your enemies go down. Your enemies, amen, subside. Praise God. The word even talked about your enemies, amen, being shattered, amen, and disposed of with a shout. Praise God. I mean, the enemy can't stand it when, when you start talking about how good God is. Hallelujah. The enemy going, well, I don't want to be around here. Amen. Well, sometimes you got to shout for joy. Other times it says, it goes on to say, how it says, ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be what? Joyful. Alots is the Hebrew word, and it just means to jump for joy or triumphant rejoicing. Amen. And that's kind of what we kind of finished on last week, you know, the jump. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know what? You just got to get a little praise in your step. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, well, what are you so excited about? My God is good. Hallelujah. My God is on my side. My God is moving on my behalf. My God is showing himself strong. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it. Well, we're not, it's a good thing we don't go by how you feel. Amen. Because if we go by how you feel, we're all going to be depressed. Right? 
Amen. So you got a, you got a cause to rejoice. You got a cause to shout. You got a cause. Amen. It actually takes a choice to. Come on, right? I'm in. You got to do it, right? You got to do it. Amen. And I've, you know, as I shared last week, one of the greatest things that probably happened to me over the course of the 30 years of ministry was learning how, amen, to leap for joy in the midst, it says, of the opposition and pressure. Amen. And how just even literally a leap of joy broke and shattered. Amen. A demonic attack. Are you still with me? A force. Everybody say a force. There is a force. Amen. That when you begin to stir that up, part of that fruit of the Spirit begins to rise up, becomes a force to reckon with. Still with me? All right. Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter 12, please. Isaiah chapter 12. Hallelujah. And we, last week, of course, took a little more time and just talked about some of the different things that stir joy in our lives. You know, uh, well, maybe we'll get back on that here in a minute. But let's, let's see, Isaiah 12, please. Let's just go there. <clears throat> I contemplated actually reading this whole thing here because of what's going on in context. But uh, I think for sake of time, verse 3, it says, Therefore, with joy... Amen. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy. Now, this word joy, sasun, is this word, and it just means welcome gladness, joyful exuberance, jubilation, hilarious merriment. Amen. Hallelujah. So there ain't nothing, you know, this is almost, this kind of joy almost is the kind that most people be embarrassed to do unless your football team wins. Then everybody's, what's the word here? Hilarious merriment. I've seen a lot of football lovers, amen, when their team wins, hilarious merriment. If I could just get my team to win, it would be a hilarious merriment. The point is, amen, I don't need a football team to win or lose, doesn't matter, amen, for me to have hilarious merriment. Because I have a God who's paid a price. Amen. I'm heaven bound. Hallelujah. I'm delivered. Walking in the blessing. Walking in the favor of God. Hallelujah. All kinds of things that the Lord has done and is doing, will continue to do. Why? Based on what Christ has done. Amen. As a result of that, amen, I can walk in joy. Come on, somebody. Regardless of how it looks at the moment. Now, we're going to get back to the moment here, but hang on. No matter the moment, I can walk in joy. Now, it says here, joy, when you tap that thing called joy, it's like dipping, amen, a cup into a well of salvation. So every time you would just stir it, why, because it's a force. Now, a well of salvation, maybe we'll better define that a little bit, just in case somebody wonders what it means. Uh, mayon is the word well, and it just means spring or fountain, but it le- literally means a source of satisfaction. So anytime you think about a well, a, wa- you know, a water well, you're coming up and, oh, I'm thirsty. Hallelujah. 
It's a place to get a drink. It's like showing up, amen, to the drinking fountain, right? Come on, right? And you're thirsty. You've been maybe working out, doing whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, you, that, that, that water looks good, doesn't it? I mean, it's like a source of satisfaction. It's amazing how just a glass of water or a drink from the spigot, whatever, can be such satisfaction. Right? Right? So the well of, amen, uh, salvation, this word here, Okay, so a well in itself is a source of satisfaction, but the word here, salvation, is our word Yeshua. Okay, deliverance, aid, help, the saving of health, wealth, and victory. Literally refers to a place of victory, amen. Health, wealth, victory, amen. The saving of, amen. Salvation, deliverance, safety, preservation. Everything's based on that thing called salvation. Amen. No different than really the word even in the Greek and how it works. Soteria in the Greek. Amen. Yeshua in, uh, in the Hebrew. Amen. And so uh, our Lord is our Savior. Yeshua, right? So every time joy, amen, is present, it's like dipping in, amen, into that well, amen, bringing forth, amen, satisfaction from a well of salvation. No matter what the need, what you need is in that well. Well, how do I get, amen, anything out of that well? Joy. Because it's the force. Amen. So it would pay, or I could say this, it would behoove you, is that the right word? To be joyful. Amen. But pastor, I got too much. Be joyful. Please. It's worth it. Amen. Because no matter how much you can try to fix this, work this, position this, maneuver this, adjust this, change this, add this, take away this, all the stuff you could do in the natural is so limited to just, you just dip your cup into the well. Just dip your cup into the well. And all it takes is joy. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing you came today. Amen. All right. Now, with all that said, we're going back to the book of Acts. Amen. And hopefully, we're going to all drink from the well of salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, rejoicing and shouting for joy and being joyful is just flat good doctrine. It's just good doctrine. What do I do, Pastor? Be joyful. Well, I don't feel like it. Rejoice anyway. Amen. Praise God anyway. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we say, well, I don't want to act weird. Well, you do it anyway. Huh? It's amazing what we'll get weird for. Right? Amen. Well, 
I think, praise God, that we have every reason to rejoice in a God in whom we say we trust. Amen. Why? Because of all that He's done, all that He's doing. And if anything, just rejoicing is just enough, amen, if that's what it takes for me to dip that cup into that well of salvation for whatever I have need of right now, it seems worth it to me to kind of put aside my little feelings, put aside my emotions, put aside my thinking, praise God, and just start praising God anyway. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing you came. Hallelujah. We need to hear this. Acts 20 again. Now, let's read the key verse. It says here again, verse 24, that, but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. What things? Well, some things that are going on. And none of these things move me, affect me. Uh, actually, the word is, uh, means affected to create an effect. So a fact, you know, with an A, that then produces an E fact. Amen. So he says, none of these things, these things he's talking about, none of these things are affecting me, causing a effect from me, a response or a result or an outcome or uh, an expectation. In other words, everything Amen, that I, that's going on right now is not changing me. Right. Are you still with me? So what things are going on? Well, let's go back up here, verse 17. It says, from Lettuce, uh, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility uh, with many tears and trials, that just means pressures or the putting to proof, uh, adversity, pressure is what that word means. Some uh, might use a different word in there, but uh, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews and how, now this is his own people. Are you still hearing me? Now, see, you have to understand what's going on here, okay, and how I kept back nothing. I didn't hold back. Even though people were plotting against me, even my own brothers were plotting against me, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly, or, yeah, publicly and from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greek, re repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So he said, I, 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 everywhere I went, I did what I was supposed to do, even though people that were dear to me plotted against me. So he said, with tears, with tears. In fact, uh, verse 31 uh, says that uh, he went from house to house or something like that. Uh, let's see, uh, three years, I think he says, I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Everybody say, with tears. Now, the idea of what's being said here is this, all that's going on right now is an, um, an emotional battle going on right now. Because part of the problem is the people that he has in, the, in his heart are worn against him and the people that he loves and the people he grew up with and the people that he was around, his own people, are worn against him, hurting the cause, so to speak, worn against him so he can't get done what he has to get done. Trying to hinder it. You still with me? It's emotional. 
Is it not emotional? Huh? I mean, even David said, you know, all the, you know, you know, an enemy comes against you, it's no big deal, it's an enemy. But when it's your brother, when it's your friend, when it's a loved one, when it's a family member, come on, somebody. It cuts to the heart. Come on, somebody. It emotionally affects you if you don't watch it. Are you still with me? It'll cause tears. Now, how I many you know tears? There's nothing wrong with tears. Come on, somebody. Come on, right? Nothing wrong with tears. Hebrews 5 says that Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears. So obviously, he must have cried. John 11 brings out the fact that he wept. In fact, you could learn that verse real quick. John eleven thirty five 35 says this, Jesus wept. Hey, I can memorize a verse today. But how many know it wasn't his tears that moved God? Are you still with me? I mean, sometimes you do get affected emotionally. Sometimes things, things weigh on you. But, you know, how many know it's not the emotional thing that's going get, to get across to God or move God? In fact, uh, the scriptures are pretty clear in Hebrews 12 that Esau was rejected and for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. So the tears ain't what moves God. Come on. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. But there's nothing wrong with tears. Come on, somebody. The point being made, what's being made was there's pressure on him right now emotionally because of who's with him and who ain't with him. Who's, with, you know, who's, who's working with him and who ain't working with him. It becomes an emotional thing. There's a lot going on. If you ever stop long enough and pray for people, people get in your heart. Well, that person, I don't like that person. You need to start praying for them. One of the, that's another one of those great things that the Lord showed me. When that person is an annoyance, you can't stand even looking at that person. Somebody says, Pastor, no, there are people I can't stand looking at. Somebody says, oh, my God, this guy has got issues. So do you. You just don't admit it. You got people you don't like to think about, you don't like to look at. People, when their name is mentioned, you go. <laughs> right? Right, right Rick. Ruth. Rick's with me. But is that how we leave it? Is that person supposed to always be the one we shudder at every time we hear their name mentioned? No. What do you do? You pray for them. Why? Because they get in your heart then. All of a sudden, they're in your heart. But the problem with that, it makes you more vulnerable. It's like, I don't want to be vulnerable. Well, tough. That's about, that's about taking up your cross. That's part of it. You, amen, you set self aside a little bit and you keep praying for them. But what if they're not with you? It affects you. It makes you want to cry. Right? It's like, Lord, don't they know? Can't, don't they understand? How come? Keep praying. Because you can't be by it because if it moves you we're in trouble Whew, you let that little 
stinking seed of unforgiveness or bitterness get in there. Just like any other seed. You keep watering that sucker, pretty soon it starts growing. And boy, it starts producing fruit. Nobody wants that mess. So you have to, amen, stay vulnerable. Amen. Now, my message wasn't really all about this, but it kind of ended up going down there. Anyway, stay vulnerable and pray for people, even though it wants to affect you emotionally. Well, how do you overcome all this? Joy. They don't like me. Hallelujah. Someday they'll love me. They don't even like looking at me. Praise the Lord. I still love them. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. I'm going to pray for them anyway. In fact, I started having fun with them. They'd have tried to avoid me in the store. I sneaked down the next aisle. <laughs> Hi. Remember me? The pastor you're trying to avoid? I'm here. How you been? Good to see you. Miss you and the family. Wish you were there more. Wish you'd come back. It's good to see you. We love you. Amen. Somebody says, I don't want to do any of that. I know. Do it anyway. Amen. Keep your heart right. Come on, keep your head right. Why? And stay in joy. Why? Because it's a force. It's a force. It'll start working for you. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Now, generally, emotions are, are about a moment. Now, there's all kinds of things that might lead up, uh, you know, lead up to that moment and all kinds of things that went on. We get it. We're not making light of any of it. There might have been stuff that happened. Somehow you were wrong. Things, people did stuff, said stuff. I get it. Uh, we're not, you know, making light of any of that. But what we're trying to do is get you on top so you can constantly dip from the well of salvation. Now, there's nothing more miserable than being miserable. Isn't that deep? There's nothing more miserable than being miserable. So you might as well, amen, rejoice. You might as well leap for joy. You might as well shout the victory. Come on, somebody, right? So you can dip from the well of salvation. Amen. Keep yourself in check. Amen. Keep yourself in in a place, amen, where you, amen, are in a sense a fortress, praise God. God surrounds you, amen. Why? Because you choose to rejoice anyhow. Amen. So Paul, dealing with emotional things. Then we get down here. Let's get down to verse, uh, what is it, 23 maybe, 22 maybe, 22. There it is. He said this. And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. Now remember, he says, none of these things, plural, move me. Right? 
So here's another thing. I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies, and there's a saying that chains and tribulation await me. Now, ain't nothing about that that sounds fun. You may know what I'm talking about? But you notice he says there are things he doesn't know, but yet there are things he does know. Not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except, okay, there are some things I do know that days ahead may not be all that fun. So what's he dealing with? A mental battle. Mental pressure. It's kind of similar, but... But here, you know, there's certain things you don't know. You think about all the, all the thoughts and how, how the enemy tries to hit you. The Word says that we're not ignorant. 2 Corinthians says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Amen. Lest he should get the advantage on us. See, so we're, we're not, we're not going to stay ignorant to how he operates. And how he operates is through devices. Amen. How he operates is through head games, mental trips. Are you still with me? somehow gets you caught up in thoughts that you don't need to be thinking. In this particular case, he's talking about, you know, uh, things that could, uh, could happen tomorrow, the unknown. See, there's, there's fear-based thoughts about what about tomorrow? Am I going to get it all done? Is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? Or you might say, maybe you might even already know there are things going on and the mental warfare dealing with the fact that you know there's things going on and what's happening here, and here we go. Now we got a mental attack going on. And if you don't watch it, it'll move you. It'll move you. And you're going to think you're justified because of things you know or even things you assume. And so he's talking here, he says, not only is there the emotional attack of everything that goes on around, but just the fact of not even knowing what's going to happen tomorrow, and yet the things I already know because of the, the word of the Lord that came through via other individuals, because everywhere he went, they said, this is what awaits you. You know, I love it when somebody gives me a word. Thus saith the Lord thy God, you will always be blessed. Always stand atop. You will be the head and not, whoo! But when somebody goes, there's tribulation and chains awaiting you. It's like, is there anybody else that could give me a word? <laughs> right? Nobody wants to hear that part. But, you know, he knew where he had to go. He knew what he had to do. And if you look at Paul's life, everything, I mean, even in times, he could have been, he could have walked away from it and been fine, but he knew what he had to do. And in order to do that, he had to be okay with the chains, the tribulation. Come on, he had to be okay with that. Come on, in order for you to get where you have to get, we have to take you through something here. Amen. Somebody says, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't like to hear that message. I don't either. Because I'd rather it all be, you know, Happy. Happy happenings. Right? But sometimes, you know, it, you know, you just have to understand that not everybody's going to be in agreement with you. Not everybody's going to be for you. Not everybody's going to, you know, shake your hand and say, thanks for coming. Come on. Well, if they're not that way, then forget it. No, no, no. God has called you. 
to pick up your cross, and the cross is 100%. Anytime you're bearing a cross, it's because you're willing to deny yourself. You can run a race and never pick up your cross. But at times, you have to pick up that cross, and nobody wants to talk about that because it just doesn't sound fun. Deny myself? I, I, I don't like that. I, I live in America. Living the dream. I don't want to be in a place where I, I'm uncomfortable, out of my comfort zone. I don't want that. Well, Paul was told by the Spirit of God multiple times, there's going to be some uncomfortable moments coming. But in order to do, see, that's why he knew that he knew that he knew what he had to do. And he says, so none of these things move me. I know there's some things I don't know. I can only assume. But there are some things that I do know that I got by the Spirit of God. And I can't let that move me. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He had to endure that cross, right? Now listen, work with me here, all right? Because I don't want to have to do another message on the cross next week. All right? So it is no different you and me. There are things that you have to be willing to endure, but the way you do it is by setting things in front of you that there's a reason I do what I do. So I am on my way doing and fulfilling what I need to fulfill and do. Amen. If there's a few pressure moments, there's a few pressure moments. I can't let that move me. Are you still with me? All right. Sometimes it's about relationships. Sometimes it's about just dealing with your own heart about things. Sometimes it's about forgiving. Oh, bless God, you got to bring that up again. Sometimes you got to forgive. Sometimes you need to be kind. See, depending on the situation, it could be actually bearing a cross at that moment. Good to see you. So glad you came. <laughs> Hallelujah. What are you doing bearing my cross? Why? Because I don't want to be kind right now. But, somebody says, Pastor, you must have really a lot of issues. Listen, it's so easy to let your emotions, let your mind just do what it normally does. But sometimes you got to be willing to say, you know what? I don't care how I feel right now. I don't care about what I'm thinking right now. I'm going to do the right thing. And if it's hard to do that, then that's where the force of joy needs to be there. So you stir up joy. Whew, he's asking me to do what? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! God is good. Glory to God. I will praise him anyhow. Hallelujah, right? Sometimes you just got to suck it up and do it. Praise God. Amen. But you'll find that if you keep doing it, pretty soon you're dipping your cup 
your vessel into the well of salvation and all of a sudden you find out it's not so hard anymore. It's not that complicated. It's not that difficult. Amen. Still with me? Amen. Well, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except, in other words, I do know some things, that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that, okay, chains and tribulation await me. Where tribulation, again, really breaks down to more pressure again, uh, the words of pressure, but it's talking about physical pressures now. Come on, somebody. We got emotional pressures, mental pressures, physical pressures, but none of these things move me. Physical pressures. Well, I, I don't like to be in that uncomfortable place physically. I don't either. Now, listen, I'm not telling you to accept the curse as God doing something to you. That ain't what we're talking about here. So don't you walk out of saying that any demonic thing that happens to you is of God. That's a bunch of bunk. Are you still with me? But there are things that you still have to press through. Amen. In his case, he's even talking about chains. And so you look up the word chains, and guess what it means? Chains. Huh? Chains. What else? Shackles, bonds, fetters. In other words, it means literally breaks down to physical restraint, imprisonment. Okay? Now, how did this boy handle that? The force of joy, right? Paul and Silas. What do you remember about Paul and Silas? Two boys that went out preaching the gospel, but we, you can't help but think about Paul and Silas in a Philippian jail. In chains, physical bondage, in chains. God, I mean, I'm preaching the gospel. Why am I in chains? Well, because of where you're going. You're going to have, I mean, there ain't no way you ain't have an open road to get into this thing until you're willing to, be, to go through this. So what are you going to do about it, Paul? Well, you know, I don't like this. Nobody likes to be chained. Nobody likes the fetters, especially in this, you know, this dungeon, sloppy, gross, rats. And so, you know, I guess the nice thing is he's got a companion at least this time. Hi, Silas. How you doing, Paul? Hanging in there. <laughs> How about you? Funny, Paul. Yeah, I'm hanging in there too. What are you going to do? I don't know. I guess we could be depressed. We could think about how could God let this happen to us, even though we're preaching the gospel. Yeah. Let's be depressed. Or we could, what a concept, rejoice anyway. Now, what do you remember about Paul and Silas? Come on. They praise God. They begin to praise God. The scripture says they praise God loud enough that everybody else in the dungeon heard it. 
And it probably, in the sense, it probably even looked foolish. I think about how many times we hold back from dipping our cup into the well of salvation because we're too concerned about how we look. Well, right now, if you could, I mean, what you need is uh, a dip in that well because that would really do you good right now. Yeah, but I look stupid. Well, it's too bad. I think it's stupid to not dip your cup in the well. So let's try praising God anyway. So what happened here? They dipped their cup in the, into the well of salvation. So part of the well of salvation is safety, preservation, come on, the saving of, right? And all of a sudden, everything starts rocking and shaking. What happened? They dipped their cup into a well of salvation because they praised God anyhow. They began to praise God. All of a sudden, amen, salvation manifested. They were set free. It opened up a door. A jailer and his whole family come to Christ. Amen. And, and we, we can go on and on about all these kind of things that happened. Even when Paul stood before, amen, authorities, all based on the fact that he was willing to go the distance, even if it meant chains, to make sure that he got to the individuals he had to get to. He was worth, it was worth doing it. Right? Now stop and think about this for a minute. Um, let me just, let me just, um, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel and, okay, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and David, and, isn't it amazing? That help, what helped define who they were was a pressure moment. Did God throw them in the fire furnace? No. Did God make, make Goliath go up against uh, David? No. Did God have Daniel thrown in the lion's den? No. But somebody else wanted him in the lion's den, and he goes in the lion's den. He refuses to whine, boo-hoo, or bawl about it. Come on, somebody. Instead, gave God honor and praise, and guess what? It shut the mouths of the lions, and they were obviously hungry because the next day, Everybody that threw them in there are now in there, and they didn't even hit the ground. They were already lunch. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not only were able to stand in the fiery furnace that was lit up, whatever it was, seven times hotter than it had ever been, didn't even smell like smoke when they came out. In fact, they're looking through the window. I mean, everybody that threw them in died. But yet, obviously, there must be a window there. They're looking in the window, and they see somebody else is in there. Who? Yeshua. It goes on. From there on, they're defined. rest of their life, there ain't nobody can talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego without thinking about 
what happened in a fiery furnace. Can't hardly think about Daniel. I mean, we, there's so many great things about Daniel's life. The man was a solid man. He was, he was amazing. But everybody remembers the lion's den. David went on to do great things and even a few not so great things. But he went on and everybody remembers Goliath. Why? Because they were defined by those moments. That even in those pressure moments, amen, David still gave God praise, amen, Said, you, you come at me, giant, with your big old mouth, tell me how big you are. But man, I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. My God is going to take you out. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Take you down. In fact, we're going to take everybody out. Praise God. I mean, he just, oh. A force. Are you still with me? The book of Acts, let's close with this verse. 4, chapter 14, verse 22, this is him. Uh, David just basically got stoned. He did get stoned, not, not basically, he, he got stoned. Paul, I meant, what did I say? Uh, uh, Paul, Paul got stoned, okay? And dragged out of the city, left for dead. The brethren get around and pray for him. He gets raised back up. And uh, because of some of the other writings later on, uh, most agree that he actually did get killed because they knew how to stone you back then. And it wasn't just a pebble or two thrown at you. They threw rocks and they knew how to do it. Come on, somebody. Anyway, so what's he do? He gets back up, goes right back into the city. Come on, somebody. You'd think, dude, let's get out of here while the getting's good. Right? And he's thinking, opportunity. All those people that stoned me and drugged me out of city are now seeing me walk back in. Are you kidding me? I've got all their attention now. But here's what it says. Strengthen the souls of the disciples. Verse 22, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying we through what? We must through what? Many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Now, that is not a refrigerator verse. But it's just as much the word of God as the next thing. Are you still with me? Somebody says, well, pastor, that's not a, that's not a fun verse. Well, see, through pressure, see, you enter through, through this. You enter. So you got to see pressure. You got to see the circumstance, the situation, the the. the the, the mental pressure, the emotional pressure, the physical pressure. You got to see it as a doorway, not a wall, but a doorway. And when that thing's happening, be willing to step through. Everybody say through. Step through. Amen. Because when you go through that, the word says you enter something. It says the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean that you finally get saved. The word kingdom, basilia. Is the Greek word, and it just means rule, reign, or realm. So when you are willing to press through something, you enter into a realm of God. Are you still with me? What is going to define you? What's going to define you? That you gave up every time the pressure was on? Or that you were willing to press through something? 
Even though it might have cost you a little bit. Even though emotionally it, it took its toll or physically took its toll a little bit. What, what are, what are you going to be known for? What's going to define you? Well, every time the pressure's on, I quit. I left. I pulled out. Well, man, nobody wants to be defined that way. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody wants to live their life in regret. Nobody. Boy, I hope I get this message done today. So, how do you press through all those pressure moments of force of joy? It's key. Well, this is all happening right now. What do I do? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. God is good. Woo! My God will see me through. Woo! My God's my provider. Woo! My God's my healer. Hey! My God is with me. Always on my side. Praise God. Never forsakes me. Never turns back. Never looks away. My God is with me. Now all of a sudden you think, you know what? Here we go. We press on through. We get to the other side. Hallelujah. Somebody says, well, pastor, it's not fun sometimes. No. There's moments, there's moments it's not real happy. No doubt. And man, we're not making light of anybody's situation. That's not our point. But man, you know, it's like, um, I think it was, um, who was the, uh, oh, one of the English, England, from England uh, leaders yeah, but who, uh, one of the, one of the, huh? Churchill. Who said Churchill? That's it. Churchill. Churchill made a statement. He says, when you're going through hell, keep going. You don't just stop in there. You keep going. You get through it. Right? So what do you do when you're dealing with these things? You press on through it. Well, how do you press on through it? The force of joy. You start praising God and you'd be amazed that all of a sudden he becomes your salvation in the midst of whatever it is you're dealing with. He becomes your strength. He becomes, praise God, your stronghold. He becomes your salvation. Hallelujah. He becomes, praise God, the one that will wet your whistle when it needs wet. Praise God. Are you hearing me? He's the one. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise, everybody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. What's going to define you today? What's going to define you, I should say, maybe one day? Is it today's opposition or today's opportunity? You see me? You hear me? I was saying about that with David, and why don't you all stand up, because I'll just keep going. Let's just stand up. I don't mean I'm going to stop, but anyway. But, but I will say this, okay? I mean, one of the things that, that marked David was, was not just the fact that he went up against a giant. It's how he did it. 
right? Right? I mean, one guy said it this way. He saw a prize. That's what he saw. Take Goliath out. There's a prize that awaits you. So what do you do? You take him out. And that's what he did. He did what, what he needed to do to do it. Yeah, everybody else saw the problem. In fact, they all ran away from the problem. Everybody else in the ranks was defined. Saul was defined. He didn't like the outcome. He started singing songs about David, and it made him look not so good. When in all honesty, he probably should have been the one that did it. It could have defined Saul. Just saying. But it defined David because David was willing to take it on because he didn't just see a problem. He was willing to take the thing out because he saw an opportunity here to press through. Amen. And things are going to be better for me on the other side of this thing. Amen. So I just think sometimes, you know, maybe that's maybe how we should look at some of this. You know, and again, that doesn't mean that every moment's going to be fun. Now, we have a lot of fun moments in God. Oh, I love the fun moments. Don't you? Oh, I love the fun moments. But sometimes you have those moments you, you got to deny yourself a little bit, put yourself down, and just move forward and do something anyway. And in those moments, though, those are the moments that have a tendency to define me. Did this person, was this person willing to press on through it? Or are they going to quit again? Well, I don't want to be the one that's known to quit. I want to be the one that pressed through anyway. I mean, there's all kinds of things. You know, there's things that God shows and learn, and you grow up, and few things you did wrong, you got to do it right, and all this stuff happens when you choose to go through it. Because you might get halfway in there, and you're going through it, and the Spirit of God says, now, let's talk about your attitude. Can't you see I'm going through something right now? Yes, this would be a good time to deal with your words. This would be a good time to talk to you about how you're treating your loved one. I've already got all this on me. This would be a good time to talk to you about your finance. What? Can't you see I'm already... This would be a good time to talk to you about walking in love. Whew. See, it isn't always fun. But if you can press through it, it'll be a thing that forever defines you. The things I was willing to press through define me. They weren't fun at the time because I wouldn't wish it on anybody. After you got through it and got past all this mess and learned a few things, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Because I grew up. I, I, I got on the other side and I found out what it really means to trust. 
and to love and to forgive. And Are you still with me? All right. Father, we give praise and glory today for these principles. And I thank you for a people of God that walk in the joy of the Lord. They rejoice anyway. They'll praise you anyway. They'll shout the victory regardless. Praise God. A people, praise God, that press through to the other side. Hallelujah. And thank you that they're defined. Hallelujah. By the opportunities that they took. Hallelujah. And press through. That they're defined by the victories. Hallelujah. Because of their willingness to press through. And Father, I give you the praise and the glory for a people that finish their race with joy, the force of joy. And for that, we give you honor in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.